welcome to Whip Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we are talking about chapters 25 through 28 of Emma. Yes, uh, that is exactly what we are talking about. And not gonna lie, it's kind of slow. It's pretty sparse. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of conversation. The bit of intrigue. There's a lot of intrigue. There's intrigue. Yes. Uh, a little bit of mysteries going on. But the thing is, is that we know what happens with one of the characters that's involved with the intrigue. So it's a little less intriguing, but yes. it's interesting to see this kind of happening with the characters who don't quite know how the story ends. So I will say that. Yeah. But uh katrina you have the super duper quick recap so why don't you let us know what happens in these sparse chapters all right so mr churchill standing in emma's favor starts to waver because he went to london to get a haircut and everyone's like ha 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 oh frank but also like that's weird and we're judging you but also whatever you're a young guy and you'll just do whatever and everybody's still pretty much charmed by him except Mr. Knightley. Also we know that the Coles are going to have this dinner party and at first Emma isn't invited because one the Coles are like basically for lack of a better term new money and we'll explain what this means in more detail later um but even though they have money it's like new money and they don't have a title and they're technically still beneath emma and so why would they invite her because for her to go it would be like no that's no but then also all of emma's friends are going to this party regardless and so after much back and forth she does go And then there's even more back and forth because Mr. Woodhouse is like, I'm not going to go. Emma, make sure you eat this. Make sure you come back at this time. Oh, wait, don't come back at this time. We don't want to be rude. Make sure you do this, that, that. And after they had this huge conversation, she finally was like, okay, I'm just going to (laughs) go. So then the Coles dinner party happens. Emma learns there that Jane Fairfax was sent a piano forte by somebody mysterious. We don't know who, but everybody thinks it's the Campbells because that makes the most sense because who else would buy such an expensive gift for her other than the people who have been raising her? And so they're like, yeah, it's probably the Campbells. (laughs) Except Emma is like, was it? And she leans over to Frank. She's like, I bet you it was Mr. Dixon because she loves, or he loves how she plays and like it just goes to show you that I was right and there's like a little love thing going on between them and then also at the party Mrs. Weston tells Emma that she thinks that Mr. Knightley might be falling in love with Jane Fairfax and oh my gosh maybe Mr. Knightley sent the piano forte and Emma is just insulted by this and she's like absolutely (laughs) not you are crazy I love you but you're drunk and crazy (laughs) She doesn't really say that, but, like, that's the vibe you get. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and she's like, no, like, that would be terrible because then we'd have to deal with Jane Fairfax all the time. And then my little nephew won't get to inherit this house. And no, 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 no. And Mr. Knightley can't get married. Mr. Knightley cannot get married. And it's like, okay, Emma, we get it. You like Mr. Knightley. Calm down. <laughs> 
Um, and then also Mr. Knightley lets Miss Bates and Miss Fairfax use his carriage to get home. And Mrs. Weston is like, uh-uh-uh. And Emma's like, no. <laughs> then it's the next day. Harriet stops by Emma's, as she does. And she brings up Mr. Martin. And she sa- she shares with Emma that there may be suspicion that Mr. Martin could potentially marry one of the Cox sisters. Emma gets this intel from Mrs. Nash. Um, and also, last night at the Coles party, um, Harriet tells Emma, yeah, I was talking to Ann Cox. And they were talking about Mr. Martin a lot. And it just seems like, oh my gosh, maybe he's going to marry one of them. And Emma's like, yeah, well, who cares? And that doesn't concern us, basically. Um, And then Harriet's like, oh, I need to go to Ford's. I need to get some fabric. And Emma's like, I will go with you because I don't want you to run into Mr. Martin again. (laughs) (laughs) So they go to Ford's. And um, while Harriet is, like, doing her shopping, Emma's, like, hanging out by the door. And she sees Mrs. Weston and Mr. Churchill come up. And they're like, hey, we're going to go see Jane Fairfax and the Bateses and look at the piano forte. Why don't you come with us? And Emma's like, hell no. I'm not doing that. (laughs) And Frank Churchill's like, hey, Emma, maybe I could just hang out with you guys. Because he obviously doesn't want to go there either. And um, Emma's like, "Mm, No. And so he has to go with Mrs. Weston to the bases. So they do. And then literally a few minutes later, Mrs. Weston comes back into Ford's with Miss Bates. And it low-key seems like Mr. Churchill, when he got there, was like, oh, hey, I just saw Emma and Harriet. You guys should invite them over here. And Miss Bates is like, yes, definitely. Of course we're going to do that. I mean, we don't know that that happens. doesn't explicitly <laughs> say that happens. But come on, that is what it feels yeah, like yeah, is yeah. what happened because... He wanted Emma to be there with them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so this happens. They go there. Miss Bates is like talking forever about, I don't even know, but she basically <laughs> invites, basically what happens is she invites Emma um, to come over. And while she's doing that, she's also talking about her mother's spectacles. She's talking about how Frank is fixing them. She's talking about some apples for like literally two pages. And then God knows what else because I just started skimming those those pages because I couldn't. I really couldn't. I did not read them thoroughly. I just know apples, spectacles, and Mr. Churchill's fixing them. That's all I got. So they're all there. They're at the Bateses. They're going to listen to the piano forte. And Miss Bates stands up, looks out the window. She's like, oh, there's Mr. Knightley on his horse. I'm going to go have a really loud conversation with him out the window (laughs) of my house where you all can hear us talking about you. And so they do that. Mr. Knightley is asking after Jane. And it's like, oh, my gosh, is Jane all right? Did she get back okay? Did she have a cold? And like, yeah, Jane's fine. It's great. Everything's great. And Mrs. Weston's like, oh, yeah, see, he likes her. And I was like, no. And then she's like, hey, Mr. Knightley, you should come up. He's like, I got business. He's like, come on up. Emma is here. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and Mr. Frank Churchill is here. He's like, oh, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave. And so he does. And then there's also some conversation that Frank gives about like, Mr. Dixon being the possible gift giver, but we'll get into that later because he kind of makes Jane feel a little uncomfortable. But yeah, I think. I don't know. That's the end of my recap. I really lost. <laughs> I really lost it there. <laughs> yeah. So much nonsense happened and it's hard to keep it all straight. <laughs> oh, there is one thing I missed. 
At the dinner party, both Emma and Jane are asked to play, and they do. And the next day, Emma is like, gosh darn it, Jane did so much better than me, and she's so mad about it that she practices for an hour and a half at the piano. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm done. (laughs) Yes, that is what happens. Yes, that's the the end. End of podcast done. (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, Well, let's start with this party. Yes. So the Coles... Um, they're another one of those families that's wealthier, but not, and they're not in the same society, blah, blah, blah. So one of the reasons why Emma wasn't initially invited is because it has to do with like a lower class family working around the schedule of a higher class family yes. in order to invite them over. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Cole and Mr. Cole are like notorious for not doing that. Yes. So... It turns out that, like, this whole party is being planned and everything like that. And Emma hears about it. And she's like, well, you know, they weren't consulting me. And you know what? So I'm just not going to go because that's rude. And they, you know, we're the higher family. They should be consulting us before they have this party and inviting us. They can't expect us to change our plans to go to their party. Well, it turns out Emma wasn't invited because the Coles didn't want to interrupt her plan to expect her to come to this party. Right. And Emma's like, oh. They were basically okay. following social protocols. Exactly. But Emma was like insulted. And it's just like, no, they were doing what they were supposed to do. But then once she figures that out um, and she kind of talks about it and like says that she's interested in going, the Coles are like, oh, yeah, no, if you want to come, you are more than welcome to come. We would love to have you there please come like we just didn't want to invite you so then you didn't feel obligated to change your plans which was literally the whole point and emma's like yeah no no, no, i'll definitely show up yeah i'll come yeah because what other plans is she gonna have because literally all of her friends will be there (laughs) seriously but like no fault on the coals no you're just doing what they were supposed to do emma was just insulted before she realized i don't know she was like insulted for zero reason yeah As she does. Also, I think it's important to pull out that the Coles got their money because Mr. Cole is, like, a merchant, essentially. It's, like, that's where their money is coming from. And, like, for a Mm -hmm. while, they just pretty much lived modestly. They lived within their class sphere. But recently, I don't know, business was a booming, I guess, and they got more money. And so now they're starting to upgrade things here and there a bit. Mm -hmm. And, like, there is also a little bit of judgment on Emma's point. Like, yeah, you guys have all this money, but now you're starting to kind of live outside of what your class dictates. Right. So they are, I would imagine, just slightly lower than the Westons in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, the Westons, obviously, like, Mr. Weston's family has, you know, like, connections and stuff like that. Whereas the Coles don't have that. And while they might be of the same means in terms of money than the Westons, like technically they aren't of the same social status, but they're starting to kind of hang out. Also remember there's literally four families of stature here. Mm -hmm. So who the fuck else are they going to hang out with? Exactly. (laughs) Think like, um, in like 1920s America, when you have new money versus old money and like the dynamics that would play out between those people, it's kind of like that, but worse because you have an even longer history of people with their old money that is like passed mm-hmm. down generation after well, generation. And also it's stupid because there's literally four families to like hang out with yes. that aren't like the poor people in this right. in this town. Exactly. So like it would be a completely different story if they were in like London or like one of the other cities or something like that, or even just in an area where there are more families, then it would be a bigger deal. But here there's literally four people. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out that, like, Emma's 
conf- confliction with going to the Coles party, not just because of like not initially being invited, but also like thinking about like where their money's coming from, what who what like class they're a part of and all of that. And, like, who they're connected to, which is no one. Like, she's mm-hmm. talking about this and, like, bringing this up over and over. And it's like, Emma, you know your BFF Harriet has mm-hmm. literally no name whatsoever and no money at all. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why? Why are you being such a hypocrite? <laughs> the only reason is because she doesn't know. She's like... She could have a title. We don't know. That is like her only argument. See, and I start to see it more and more that like Emma is taking on Harriet and almost like she's a pet. You know, like, oh, you're cute and adorable and very pretty. I'm going to take care of you. Come over here. Yeah. But still, you know, you have to go do your thing because, you know, that's what ex- that's what it is expected of you. But no, come here. Come here. And the more I see this, the more I'm like, yeah, no, this is... This really is like and the more I the more I see of the Emma Harriet relationship, the more I'm agreeing with Mr. Knightley, which I don't necessarily want to do. But that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but then so Emma gets invited and she's like, OK, fine, I'll go. And then Mr. Woodhouse is like, oh, should you go? Maybe you shouldn't go. Well, if you do go, make sure you eat beforehand and, you know, make sure you don't eat this or be, you know, wholesome. And then make sure, you know, you get to do this and do that and get home on time. But don't be too short. Don't be too long. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, oh, my God, Dad, shut the fuck up and just let me go to a goddamn party. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when eventually Emma gets over her father's ridiculousness, which, by the way, Emma doesn't want to leave her father alone for the evening because she's a good daughter. So she gets, oh, who is it? Is it Mrs. Goddard? Mrs. Goddard. And I think Miss Bates for a while to come over and spend time because Miss Bates, Jane Fairfax, and Harriet are invited to the party, but they come afterward. Yeah, they're not invited to the dinner. Yes, they're not invited to the dinner, but they are invited to kind of the hanging out afterwards. I kind of look at it as a little bit like a like a wedding. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not invited to the ceremony, but you're invited to the party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of what the situation is. So Miss Bates and Miss Goddard are hanging out with Mr. Woodhouse while Emma is away at dinner. So Emma goes to leave. And who does she run into literally right outside her door? But Mr. Knightley. And, you know, they like they're together a lot. So that's not weird. But what is weird is that he is in a carriage, which comes to this whole thing about like, so Mr. Knightley has a lot of money. He also has a lot of land. He has a lot of responsibilities. He doesn't actually have a carriage like the Woodhouses do. Like he doesn't have carriage horses. I mean, he has a carriage, but he doesn't yeah. have specific he carriage horses. He doesn't take his carriage a lot of places. No. He would prefer to walk or just ride his horse. Which, so that comes to this whole idea of horses. So to have horses and to keep horses was very expensive. It still is today. But so one of the things that you can kind of see Mr. Knightley being kind of more of a responsible person is that he doesn't have carriage horses specifically to take him around town. Uh, He walks or, you know, rides a horse. Um, But this night, it's significant that he has this carriage because he has pulled two horses from his farm so working horses from his farm to pull this carriage just for this one evening 
to go to this party at the Cole's house. And Emma is just like shocked. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, like, you're bringing out your carriage? Look at you acting like how you're supposed to act, basically. Yes, yeah, everybody is calling everybody else out for being terrible rich people. Yeah. <laughs> you're not spending enough of your money, sir. <laughs> But so they have like this cute little like flirting thing between them where it's just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm glad I ran into you now because if you had seen me without my carriage, you might not have thought me so, I don't know, gentlemanlike. And I was like, oh, no, I would have known that you had brought your carriage if I had run into you at dinner because I don't know, there would have been a different air about you. And he's just like, yeah, whatever, bullshit. Uh, (laughs) But so Emma's essentially like, look at how much of a gentleman you are. Oh, ah. And Mr. Knightley's like, ha, ha, ha. Anyway, so they go to the party. (laughs) (laughs) So now they're at dinner. And um, who's at the dinner? Well, obviously it's the Coles because it's their house. It's Mm -hmm. Mr. Knightley. It's Emma. It's Mr. Frank Churchill and the Westons. And also another family that Emma is like low-key shading on because technically they're not like a big name family. I was going to say, we get a lot of like other families and other people's names kind of thrown in here that we haven't come across before. And I don't know if they're going to be actually like newsworthy later. Like you said, Miss Snash and like some other people that like give Emma like information and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's weird. Yeah. But the the family I'm thinking of is the Coxes. And it's in, mm-hmm. Emma points them out specifically because she's showing that the Coles are like this median between Oh, we have money enough to invite the rich people, Emma, Mr. Knightley, Mr. Churchill and the Westons. But also we have these old connections from when we didn't have a ton of money, like the Coxes, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like kind of a combining of worlds here. Which is exactly what Frank Churchill suggested in the last section when he's like, let's have a ball. And Emma's like, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) We don't do that here. So there is a little bit of shade there, but yeah. Um, At dinner, Emma and Frank Churchill have a very interesting conversation. Because, of course, they're seated next to each other, which, you know, if if you think about the fact that uh, certain people in this social circle are trying to hook them up, (coughs) the Westons, uh that was a really bad fake cough anyway um (laughs) they they are seated next to each other so then they can have private semi-private conversation because so one of the things emma points out is that like the party is intimate enough to where they can have conversations across the whole table but also big enough to where a lot of times the conversation just becomes between the two people sitting next to each other, which is kind of the more traditional thing. So when you have these larger balls, that tends to be what happens. Or even if you have larger dinner parties, which we kind of saw a little bit in Pride and Prejudice, I think, or it was like hinted to that, like, at certain points, characters would be seated next to each other or not seated next to each other. So it was hard to have conversations with certain people. So what ends up happening here is that we have a little bit of conversation between everybody at the table or maybe like one person nearby talking about something and Emma like it kind of intriguing her but not really able to communicate necessarily um but then a lot of conversation specifically between her and Frank yeah because they're seated next to each other and what do they talk about well they talk about their favorite topic which is Jane Fairfax and how she is potentially in love with Mr. Dixon and how do they get on this (laughs) conversation because at one point when it was a whole table conversation Mrs. Cole had mentioned that Jane Fairfax was gifted a piano forte. 
And so they were, yes. and it was a surprise. They don't know mm-hmm. who sent it. And so they're all musing about it. They decide it was the Campbells. And then as I mentioned mm-hmm. in my recap, Emma's like, mm, Frank, it was probably Mr. Dixon. Well, and this is a big deal, not only because the Bates couldn't afford a pianoforte on their own, but also because Jane is so well known as a like proficient pianoforte player. So it's kind of like, oh, well, it makes sense that she would have a pianoforte, you know, so it's a really good thing that this person gave it to her. Who could this be? This is like the perfect gift for Jane Fairfax. So whomever it is, whoever gifted it to her is like they know her well enough yeah they know her well they seriously care about her like they're not cheap no and this is a big deal gift it's like it's it's a it's a big ass deal it's like getting the new iphone for like a media influencer it's like the best item for the person who needs it the most is kind of what i was getting at oh yeah but essentially, a pianoforte is an expensive gift, which would be amazing for literally anybody. But the fact that it's for Jane is an even bigger deal because it's an expensive gift for somebody who can really get a lot of use out of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Emma's like, okay, well, yeah, it, <laughs> logically, it's the Campbells. It's Mr. Campbell still taking care of Jane because he likes her, thinks of her as a daughter, blah, 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 blah. But maybe it was Mrs. Dixon, because they are such good friends, and she probably misses her, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, that's it. Oh, but you know, the husband also likes her playing. Oh, okay, so it was those two who conspired together to get her this gift, and then it morphs down into, it was just from Mr. Dixon. Yes, because Frank is the one who's like, are you sure it isn't just Mrs. Dixon? They're BFFs. It makes sense. Like, you always want to gift your BFF the best present ever, which is why Katrina has a Colin Firth Mr. Darcy mug, because she's my BFF and you got to give them the best gifts ever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it makes sense that it's Miss, uh, Mrs. Dixon. And Emma's like, yeah, but it could just have been Mr. Dixon. Hey. And Frank doesn't seem convinced. Which is weird because, Mm -hmm. and I know it's jumping just a teeny bit, but Frank like latches on to this later and we can talk about it later too, but he latches on to this when they're at the Bates's the next day to check out the pianoforte and he's like talking Mm -hmm. very loudly about how, oh yes, you used to play for so-and-so. Oh, look at these songs. These songs are favorites of Mr. Dixon. And it's, you know, oh, they had the courtesy to send sheet music along. Well, Mm -hmm. that's really important. You know, so it's like kind of weird that like he's, with Emma, he's like trying to deflect. But then the next day in front of Jane Fairfax, he's like, I don't know. Like, and Emma calls him out for being too obvious, yeah. too. Yeah, because she's almost like, dude, this is like our little gossip secret. You're not supposed to tell her about it. Right. Especially because he says of the sheet music, oh, whomever sent you this obviously like cares a lot about you or cares a lot for your practice or something like that. And it's just like, yeah, he's being extremely not subtle. No. And this is kind of hinted at a little bit later. So um, after dinner, they all go, you know, the women go off into their room to do their thing. The men go off into their room to do their thing. And that's when Mrs. Bates, Jane Fairfax, and Harriet show up. And uh, once the sexes start to mingle again, um, Frank comes over to Emma and they continue having this conversation because everybody is talking about the fucking pianoforte, mm-hmm. um, especially because now Jane is there. 
and we there's other stuff that happens within all of this so we can talk about all of that stuff but at some point when emma and frank are talking about it frank is just like well i'm just gonna go up and ask her who gave her the piano forte or what she thinks so yeah and emma's like no don't do that don't that's silly don't go do that and he just gets up and he walks across the room to go talk to jane and the whole idea is that like Frank is saying, well, I'm just going to flat out ask her and you can watch her facial expression from here and you can determine whether or not, you know, she gives any hints about this whole thing based off her facial expressions. Well, he walks over to quote unquote confront Jane about it, but he's standing directly in front of her. So Emma can't see her reaction, nor does she know what they're actually talking about. But yeah, so Frank goes from, "Mm -hmm, I don't really know, to, oh, well, let's see what Jane thinks about this specifically, to the next day being like, oh, Jane. Yeah. And it's really weird. It is weird. And what made it even more weird, I think, was the description of Jane's reaction, how she was at first blushing, and then how Mm -hmm. there was this smile right that played across her face and it's like oh my god is there really something going on between her and mr because i was like there's no way this is all just gossip and i'm like now i don't know so here's the thing when everybody is in the same room and jane shows up that topic is brought up again obviously because now jane is here and people can ask oh hey did the campbell send you the piano forte and when she's kind of answering that and like people are talking at her, because again, I don't think she actually answers anything. I think people just talk at her. Um, that's when she gets the smile and the blush when people are talking about the gift of the pianoforte. So Jane probably knows who it came from. And while everybody's like, oh, it's the Campbells. Oh, it's the Campbells. Emma sees that and the blush and the smile and she takes it as, oh, it's not the Campbells. It's Mr. Dixon. Because why would she be blushing and be smiling like that if it is the Campbells? Yeah. So like, it's never brought up to be like, oh, Jane, did the Mr. Dixon do it? And she's like, huh, no, blush. No, it's just, oh, they're all assuming it's Mr. Campbell. And that's when she kind of blushes to kind of like she's hiding a secret, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this was like when this was the next day when they're at the Bates's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, well, doesn't she she reacts in that certain way the at the dinner party, too, I think. Yeah. Or maybe it's just her body language that I'm thinking. Maybe I'm getting the two mixed up, but still. Yeah. So um, so when they're at the Bates's house and it's mr churchill who is like being loud about who this is potentially from and he says um she is playing robin adair at this moment his favorite right he's like Mm -hmm. telling emma this but he's telling her this very audibly so that everyone can hear um and his favorite being mr dixon's favorite so prior to that He's talking about, oh, play that song, Jane, that you played last night. It's such a favorite. I love it. It would make me smile. And, you know, oh, yes, this is one that you used to play at Weymouth. And then she looked up at him for a moment, colored deeply, and played something else. Oh! Okay, 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 okay. I want you guys to remember that because I want to come back to that later because I interpreted that in a completely different way than you did, I bet. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, and then it goes Mm -hmm. on and then Emma... Emma is like, hey, I wish you wouldn't be so obvious, but she was also amused. And then she, like, looks at Jane Fairfax very briefly, and she caught the remains of a smile upon Mm -hmm, her mm -hmm. face. Okay. 
So back at the dinner party, she did like Emma is taking the way Jane is taking these uh, questions and these conversations about the pianoforte and the way Jane is like holding her body and everything like that. That's when Emma's like, oh, well, maybe it isn't him. Like everybody's assuming, but there is something weird there. There's something else going on. And it could just be Emma. You know, she has the seed planted in her head and that's what she does. How she's reacting in the part that you're talking about, I have a different theory for. Okay. But I think there's other things we need to cover before we get to that point. So Emma and Jane are both asked to play because, again, they're the young ladies. They're the eligible young ladies in the room. Uh, So they have to show off because that's how this works. So they both play. Um, They both sing and they play. And it's very clear (laughs) that Jane does better. (laughs) than emma and she doesn't like it which we all know from before like that's one of the things that's this weird rivalry between them so it is what it is um frank says nice things to emma about playing and he's all nice you know as he does so then i believe it's while jane is playing or while frank is talking to jane or something like that frank isn't frank is not near emma at this point but Mrs. Weston comes over and sits down and she's just like, hey, Emma, I have some news for you. So you know how Mr. Knightley showed up in his carriage and you know how that's like totally not a thing that he does? Well, it turns out after he dropped you guys off here, he sent his carriage to pick up Miss Bates and Jane Fairfax. Ooh, scandal. And... I hear he is going to take them back to their house via carriage tonight, which is also kind of a big scandal because that's like a big deal. Because again, we all know from earlier in those chapters that Mr. Knightley doesn't use his carriage often. So if he's offering his carriage to other people, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So this is where Mrs. Weston is just like, I think he kind of has a crush on Jane Fairfax, which is, which makes sense. You know, she's accomplished. She's beautiful. He's being very nice to her. He's making sure that she's safe. And, you know, I think that there's something there. And this is when Emma starts to freak the fuck out. <laughs> so she's just like, no, 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 no. You're seeing things. He's just being nice. No. Besides, he can't get married because if he does, then my poor nephew, Henry, won't be able to inherit anything. Also, like, he doesn't want to get married if he wanted to get married he'd be married by now i mean like he's 38 like he doesn't want to get married also like why would he want to marry her like no no you're just you're crazy mrs weston no this is no also could you imagine could you imagine her mistress could you imagine her mistress of that house no we no no No. it can't happen no and mrs weston's like "Mm." I don't know. Look at how he looks at her. He's always asking about her and all of this other stuff. And by the way, that pianoforte, real expensive. I think he gifted it because he likes how much she plays and he is showing interest in her. So of course it makes sense. Who else would be able to afford to give Jane a pianoforte other than Mr. Knightley? So Mrs. Weston doesn't think that it was mr campbell or mr dixon she thinks it was mr knightley yep so that being said let me talk about this so jane gets a piano everybody in town thinks that it's from mr campbell emma thinks it's from mr dixon 
Mrs. Weston thinks it's from Mr. Knightley. L thinks it's from Frank Churchill. Oh, he wants to stir up trouble. <laughs> now, here's why I think that this is the case. Okay. So Frank Churchill went to London for a haircut. Yes. That's it. Just a haircut. But he spent all day there. Now, he does say that he met up with some friends, but I think that he went there to get a haircut and to buy the piano forte. I love this theory! Yeah. And I think that Jane knows that it's from Frank, but she won't say anything. And that's where that reaction comes from later on. Because she can kind of tell that Frank is kind of like being because it's like oh play that one from weymouth because he was there at weymouth so he's kind of indicating oh it's a song i enjoy and play the one from last night and it makes me happy and she is getting all embarrassed and flustered because she knows the pianos from him which would indicate that frank likes jane okay and that also would give us one of the reasons why he's being so loud about this whole mr dixon thing because he knows it's not from mr dixon it's from him I like this theory. When you originally said it, I thought he would have gotten her the piano as a way to, like, kind of give something. Like, because Emma has been talking about, oh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Dixon, Mr. Dixon, and mysterious stuff. And, like, so he gifts the piano secretly so that Emma can still have something to, like, pull at. I mean, that could be the case. But I do think that Jane... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think that he's not telling anybody to kind of give Emma the leeway to just be like, oh, no, it's very clearly Mr. Dixon, which is why, like, when he talks about the music, he mentions Weymouth and he mentions all of these other things because there's also the connection with Mr. Dixon there that Emma can latch onto. But at the same time, Jane knows it's from Frank. So she can be all like, oh, well, does Frank like me? This is weird. Like, Uh Maybe he likes me. So he's like kind of like stirring up this weird flirtation with Jane while also still flirting with Emma, but allowing Emma to think that Jane is in love with Mr. Dixon while everybody else has absolutely no idea what's going on. I bet that's right. That (laughs) has to be it. I mean, why else would he go to London? Other Like you don't go to London for a haircut. Yeah. And then it shows up right after that. And then there was like, again, when he was like, Play the one that makes me happy and the one we listen to at Weymouth and everything like that. Yeah. And that's when she gets all blushy. But then she, he t- still does point out, like, these were Mr. Dixon's favorite. Like, he makes, he doesn't say mm-hmm. it explicitly, but he makes it obvious. But he makes that obvious to Emma. So mm-hmm. that Emma can still pull at that idea. Mm-hmm. And then all the while, he's making Jane think that he likes her. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, everybody else is starting to get these little hints that maybe Mr. Knightley likes Jane, because not only is there the whole carriage thing, but there's also this whole baked apple situation (laughs) where Mr. Knightley sends his entire, like, his entire store of apples to the Bateses so then Jane can have something that she enjoys eating. And Mrs. Bates even takes that as like, oh my goodness, he's being so super kind to us. Maybe he does have a thing for Jane, which really like comes out in that conversation. She's yelling out the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which also I want to point this out that when Miss Bates starts yelling out the window at Mr. Knightley, it sounds like he is interested in coming in and talking with her and Jane and seeing the pianoforte. And then when he finds out that Emma and Harriet and all of these other people are there, that's when he's just like, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. I have stuff to do. He's okay. Because at first, 
he's okay with coming up with Emma and Harriet. He's like, oh yeah, I'll come up, but I can't stay more than five minutes. But when he hears Frank Churchill and Mrs. Weston mm-hmm. there, that's when he's like, oh, nope. And it's really because of Frank Churchill, I think. Right, right. But there was like that whole idea of like, oh, yeah, no, I'll come up. Oh, nope, no, I won't. And there's just like this weird thing there. So it kind of indicates like, oh, yeah, maybe he does want to come up and see Jane again. And then like he finds out that other people are there and he's just like, no, I'd rather do this other thing. Yeah. So there's like all of this stuff going on. So like Emma thinks that Jane and Mr. Dixon have a thing. Jane thinks that Frank likes her. Frank is also flirting with Emma. And people think that Mr. Knightley likes Jane and really Mr. Knightley likes Emma, but we don't really see any of that because I don't understand how this is going to work. Yeah, he's probably just being nice to Jane. Like Mm -hmm. he probably is just being nice. Mm -hmm. And poor Harriet, the poor girl, has no idea what the fuck is going on. And she still kind of has this crush on Mr. Martin while also still having a crush on Mr. Elton. Poor Harriet. Yeah. So that's my theory, is that Frank Churchill bought the pianoforte and is kind of, like, trying to get Jane to think that he's courting her. See, there we go. This is how he's stirring the pot. This is how he's shaking them up. He's mm-hmm. like, there, he's like, there's literally nothing in this town. I need to go to London to bring something here to, like, shake these people up. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's <sighs> I like it. Theory. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, well so i i thought for a while i think that there is definitely something between frank and jane and this chapter kind of only like solidified that um i don't know what it is but the fact that like there's a reason why these two characters know each other and there's a reason why that's mentioned Mm -hmm. so yeah because otherwise what's the point of having them know each other like austin is doing something for us there so that's why i'm like no there's something between the two and I don't know. Do you think? I, I don't know where it's going to lead, but if I know anything from Clueless, I kind of have an idea of where this might be going. But do you think it's something that Jane Fairfax is in on? Like, see, I don't know. I think that this is leading to the reason why Frank and Emma can't be together. But I don't know how how exactly Jane is kind of and like end up in it, and I don't know if she's going to be as like. If there's going to be something that she did wrong. But I think that Frank and Jane, something happens between them that makes it to where Frank and Emma can't be together. Or Emma doesn't want to be with Frank for some reason. And it could just be because she finds out that Frank bought the pianoforte and has been flirting with Jane. And Emma's like, fuck this noise. You're a fuckboy. I don't want to deal with it. It could be that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm wondering if maybe Jane isn't as innocent as she seems because of the way she's described. Like, it's, like, putting it out there that, like, she's perfect, she's everything, she does all the right things. And, like, she maybe isn't. And maybe, like, she's also trying to do, like, she's trying to pull a Mr. Elton where maybe she's, like, trying to find a way to climb out of having Mm -hmm. to go and work for the rest of her life because, yes, she has been a part of a society where she's gotten a glimpse of how the other lives. So I don't disagree with you as she's definitely being set up to be like that, especially through Emma's kind of point of view there, because the whole idea of her like having this thing with Mr. Dixon would be scandalous. And maybe she is trying to climb the ladder because there's no way she could ever have married him. But like, like I see that being played out. So a part of me doesn't want to believe that that's where the story is actually going to go because it seems too obvious. Yeah. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
know. But I'm not sure yet, because again, I don't think Jane has an equivalent in Clueless. (laughs) I think Jane is a little bit of Ty and a little bit of Amber, right? Because there's the competition like between Cher and Amber, and that's like the competition between Emma and Jane. But then also there's the fact that people think that Knightley likes Jane, and then we know Paul Mm -hmm. Rudd's character likes it, or it's like see it seems that Paul Rudd's character likes Ty. I think she mm-hmm. might be like a combination of like some of those. I mean, that would make sense. That would make sense. But then so. we don't really know how things like well, Amber ends up with Elton in Clueless, but obviously that can't that doesn't translate to Emma. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't really it's really weird. We don't really know what could happen with Jane Fairfax. Yeah. And by we don't really know, we mostly mean that me and Katrina specifically, because we have no idea what happens in this book, whereas literally everybody else on the planet does, apparently. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So. Do you think it's going to work out for Jane Fairfax? Or do you think that she's going to get screwed? I don't know. Like, if she is being nefarious, then... I kind of think that it won't work out for her because that seems to kind of be a trend. Mm-hmm. Like think about Carolyn Bingley, like she was being nefarious and it didn't work out for her. Um, kind of a little bit of Lydia too. She was being nefarious. Now she's, she's in a marriage she enjoys, but it's not a good one. Right. So I kind of hope that if she isn't being nefarious, that things work out in her benefit in a good way in some way, shape or form. I just don't quite know what that'll be yet. Mm. So Yeah. I think despite all of the chapters that dealt with Miss Bates talking, lots of interesting things happened in this section. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like kind of picking up, which it has to, because if you look at my book, look, it's a little over halfway through. Mm -hmm. So things need to pick up and happen because. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think we're about halfway through the chapters at this point. So that would make sense. But. Well, so I was actually thinking, because we've talked about in the past about how like certain sections of this book could be removed and the book would move so much faster. And I really think it is if you just removed Mr. Woodhouse and Miss Bates, this whole book would move so much faster. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would. It really would. Yeah. So, Well, that's it for these chapters. We'll be moving on to chapters 29 through 33 next. So we'll see if things keep moving forward and keep starting to feel like we're actually going somewhere. So um, again, like I said before, I'm going to throw this out there. You guys need to check out Well, Here We Are podcast because they told us which chapters to read. They are a uh, podcast about... um, pop culture humanities and things that matter in daily life check them out at twitter and instagram well here we are pod um make sure you also check us out on all of our instagram and twitter especially twitter we're trying to build twitter check us out on twitter um yeah been posting a lot of fun stuff lots of fun memes yes you're mixing mixing uh references got some lord of the rings memes i got some shit's creek memes coming up yeah so getting my meme game on (laughs) but yeah um and make sure to rate and review us wherever you guys listen to us because it really helps us out and we'd really really appreciate it so thank you guys so much and we will see you next time Bye. bye
Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer. And me, Elle Kammerer. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at withbeyondmeasure.com, or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBMpodcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBMpodcast.